to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again. Real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. So, Julie, today you arrived with what I find to be an amazing shirt that you have on. Really? Yeah. I feel I feel a little bit like I'm a clown today. I've been self-conscious the whole day because I feel like the sleeves are a little clowny. No, they're not. I mean, they're perfect 1973. I am the hippest girl, the <laughs> grooviest girl at the park. Kind of. Sure. All right. I mean, I guess I can go with it. I got them out of my Latote box, which I'm totally loving, renting fashion and sending it back. But I don't think I'm going to get this one again. No, you probably aren't because it, it is not you. But boy, that rental of clothing. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And you master it. You do it well. Thanks. You little fashionista. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you know this about me, but do you know I used to sew my own clothes? Really? I would never do such a thing. Do you have anything still that you made? No, probably not. I mean, they're they're pretty odd because the goal was to wear something that nobody else had. Well, I like that. Yeah. And so the only way you did it was you made your own clothes. So yeah, I was I was a seamstress for I a few I could totally years. see you doing that. That could is so you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So not me. No. Well, anyway, I'm Julie Graham, an admitted fashionista. And I am Darlene Brock, and obviously a one-time seamstress probably could break out the sewing machine again, but don't have time for it. Exactly. Well, today on This Grit and Grace Life, we're going to tackle that good old thing that we all have, whether we like to admit it or not, and it's the mama drama. Ooh, mama you know, drama. The conflict and the joy and the special, unique bond between a mom and a daughter. You know, I know that yours has developed just in the last, I don't know how many years, but not in the early years of your life. Yep. Yeah, so I was not actually raised by my mom, um, and so that's something a little bit different about me. I was actually raised by my great-grandmother, um, and so my relationship with my mom really started, um, let's see, I think I was in high school the first time I met her, maybe middle school, it's hard to remember exactly, and um, the first few times I met her were kind of weird, um, but we started developing, de- developing a friendship Um when I was high school and and college. And so, um, I didn't have those years of really my mom kind of being my, my mentor and my guide. Um, but now we do have a friendship. Which is amazing. And I think there's hope in that, that even though you didn't have one, one day you can, and it can become something. Now, my mom, my mom was the opposite. When I was a little girl, she taught me how to sew Mm-hmm. She helped me make our own Barbie house out of a cardboard box because, quite frankly, we couldn't afford a regular Barbie house. So it was leftover remnants of fabric and sticky wallpaper, and we made a Barbie <laughs> house. It was pretty awesome. So she was very involved in my life and um, very committed to helping me learn things. But we are such different people. We view life entirely different. So as I got older, it was like we missed one another mm-hmm. We would we didn't relate at all. In fact, I was estranged from my mom for a while, even though she really worked hard at being a good mom to me growing up. We just had different views of life, so it became a little bit more difficult. But we need to recognize the importance of a mother daughter relationship. It transcends almost any other relationship that we have in an odd sort of way. 
A recent study from the University of Georgia found that even more than any other family dynamics, the mother-daughter relationship determines a girl's future relationship skills and self-esteem. When mothers are overly critical, their daughters are more likely to have poor social skills and unhealthy attitudes toward eating compared with girls who have more supportive moms. Can I just say this makes me feel a little bit more confident in the fact that I'm a boy mom right now? Oh, yeah, that is some big stuff. Totally understandable that it's easier to be a boy mom, or at least it doesn't put this on you. In fact, I have two daughters, which I have often said scared me to death. But now that they're grown, um, I am so proud of them. And I can't say it's always what I did to get him there. But this morning I was on the phone with one of my daughters who said to me, she is exactly where she knows she's supposed to be, where God has her and who she's supposed to be. And I can say the other daughter, my other daughter, it's the same as well. And I couldn't be happier about that. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean we didn't have our trials. Doesn't mean we didn't have our problems. Of course we did. We're mom, we're mother, daughter. You know, there are times where each of us marched away from the other being pretty frustrated. But the goal is to get your daughters to their starting place in life when they're going out on their own. So how do you build that relationship when they're young? Yeah, because you have to start, you have to lay the foundation when they're young. So what are some practical things, um, you know, say to that mom of a toddler? So they've got their... They've got their little girl and she's starting to communicate back. What are some things that start even as young as toddler? And and obviously we'll continue on all the way until she's out of your home um, that kind of set the tone for a healthy relationship as a mom who has raised two daughters. One of the first things you need to recognize as the mother, whether you are the stepmother or the biological mother, the adoptive mother, you are the mother. You're not their friend. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you can't have a friendship in life. Honestly, my daughters are some of my best friends at this point. At this point, they're grown. At this point, they're some of my best and dearest friends. But growing up, that was not my role. I was the mom. Mm -hmm. I'm still the mom, but I was the mom. I had to be that, Um, especially when conflict came and whether they were- Wait, are you saying you had conflict with your daughters growing up? I thought it was just all pretty matching dresses and doing their hair. No? No. See, I'm a boy mom. What do I know? Yeah. But she okay. fixes hair. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yes, there was conflict. And every mother, any mother who is the mother of a boy or a girl will have conflict. But there is unique conflict to a mother-daughter relationship because you're females. and Emotions run wild. Oh, you know, and there's conflict when they're two, there's conflict when they're 10, when they're 13, you want to absolutely kill one another. There is unfun conflict at that point, And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, part of, it's it. part of it. It's part of it. And that's not, don't ever think that you're not a great mom if you're having conflict with your daughter. Mm-hmm. You that's are. good. That's good. You are not, you are not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. Um, I think you made a good point too, um, in that you are the mother, you are their mother. It's very important that you solidify that role and keep it separate. But wouldn't you say it's also important to, um, be intentional at making sure your daughter has other relationships in her life with some, you know, older women, maybe who are near a mother's age gap to her, but that she can have another confidant because I, again, not, not being someone who was raised by my mom. Um, but I could think to different women in my life in any season who have kind of played a mother-like role to me and and their advice has been invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a tendency, there's a tendency in mothers 
to say, I want to be the voice mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one that influences them. I want to be the one that helps them become. But you have to realize there's a lot of women that can help you help them. Absolutely. And don't be jealous of them or don't be envious of them. You know, there were women in my daughter's lives that I saw make them better and mm-hmm. challenge them in ways that they wouldn't have let me challenge them and encourage them in ways that they wouldn't have heard from me. And I value those women. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that they're going to bring character traits or, um, they're going to help them make decisions that maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to you about, but they're still going to be thinking those thoughts that, that you have said to them over the years, you know, this is, this is that one phrase mom always said, or, um, <clears throat> that's going to play into their decision. And maybe they're bouncing that off of that other wise person that you are allowing to have a, an effective role in their life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good thing. Don't, don't avoid it. And then one thing that happens is they grow up, surprise, surprise, they have their own opinions. They have their own thoughts. I mean, my three-year-old has his own opinions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. They all will. But <laughs> when they actually will have a discussion with you. And they actually are in a place of making decisions. Too. Yes. Yeah. And they'll have their own. And the thing that we can't do as mothers is assume that they're wrong. Mm. Because sometimes their opinions, even if it's different than yours, is right. They are right. And sometimes they um, are in a different place than you are and absolutely need to be walking the road they're on. Mm -hmm. And instead of arguing with it, allow them to grow. You want them to be independent people. You want them to be women of conviction, even if it's not your conviction. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. You want them to actually eventually be able to move out and go do their own life and be strong and independent women, right? Oh, yeah, my goal was never, I want my 30-year-old to live at home. <laughs> you know, it was never that. If you're 30 years old and living at home, it's maybe totally okay. It's totally okay. And there are transitional maybe. times and there are reasons <laughs> to do it, but it's not the mother's goal that they never move out. There's yeah. a point where you want them to become everything they're supposed to be. Um, because this is such a, uh, you know, crucial and important, um, relationship between women, the mother, daughter, what are some of your favorite, like TV mother and daughter pairs that come to mind? Oh, don't you just love Lorelai and Roy, Rory Gilmore from the Gilmore girls? I mean, really, they were like, is that even real best friend? hang out and eat, watch I, I have to be and, honest and say, that's one show I've never watched, which is shocking because you know I'm like an obsessive TV junkie. I do, and I can't believe you're, you haven't you even have watched the Netflix right now. version of it. No, or? I just got Netflix. Thank you, Jesus. I love so it. So I'm sure I will eventually start watching it. Yeah, well, but I do, I do know of that show. And so yeah. I get the reference without having watched the show. Yeah, there are best friend moms and daughters. And then there's the, uh, what is it, Sunday night caller relationship where your daughter's moved away from home and you get... The Sunday night call. You don't hear from her all week long. Just on Sunday nights. Just on Sunday nights. And if you're fortunate, they'll fill you in on the week. You know, they're not just checking in, but you have the Sunday night caller relationship. And then we're talking adult relationships, mother-daughter adult relationships now. You've got the, I can't live with her and I can't live without her. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Sometimes when I talk to my mom, we have that kind of conversation as she's talking about her mom. So. Yeah. That she'll she'll refer to her mom in that way. Yeah, that's a that is a common thing. Um, there's been a shift in my relationship with my mom. Um, and you know we've talked about obviously we've kind of always been friends. And something interesting in that is um, being able to kind of bounce off each other. And there are definitely times when I know for a fact she is calling me for advice. Um, and that's been kind of fun to be able to 
to have that kind of give and take relationship with her. There's certainly times where she is giving me advice. Um, and there are times where I know for a fact she called to ask my opinion about something. Yeah. And what I love, Julie, about where you are with your mom now is you can look at the scenario that was created for your life. And, you know, she just was not at a place where she could raise you when you were younger. And that that happens to some women. But you now have a rich relationship that is is different and growing and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you don't always have to stay where you were in a relationship with your mom yeah and growing up I mean when I was a little girl and obviously my mom my mom wasn't a part of my everyday life I know for a fact there's two ways I could have taken that I could have always resented her for it or I could have hoped to one day get to know her and and for whatever reason I always bent toward the other one you know I hope that one day I get to meet her and be a part of her life. And I'm so grateful that, that is how it's turned out. And I can't spend the rest of my years, you know, being mad at her for the fact that she literally just couldn't care for me. Instead, we're going to invest in our relationship now. Well, so. yeah, and that's good. And I think most women, mothers and daughters need to take that to heart because there are studies that have said 30% of mothers and daughters are estranged. They mm. don't even talk to each other. That's, oh, that's 30% high. of all those relationships. It is high. Wow. So if you're in one of those, I want to encourage you, it doesn't have to stay that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to stay that way. And you may be the one to try to turn it around. I don't yeah. know. So I think something that we can definitely agree on as we've been talking about moms and daughters that is that no mom is going to get it all right and neither is any daughter. So we got to learn to give each other some grace and like tap into our grit and make the most of our relationship. So I want for our listeners to take away from this episode some practical things they can do to um, better their relationship with their mom starting today. So what would you suggest? Um, I think if you're the adult daughter right now, one thing you need to step back and think about is when you were a little girl, you looked at your mom one way. As an adult, you see her from adult eyes. And when you do that, you may go, well, look at what she dealt with when she was a little girl. Look at the challenges she had in providing for the family. Look at the relationship challenges she may have had that have created some of the problems in your life or her life, your life and her life together. And just step back and go, I'm going to give her a little bit of a break because in a lot of cases, she did the best that she possibly could. And you can understand that more as a grown-up. Man, that is that right there is the whole episode for sure. Because the way you see the world as a child is like you said, it's through childlike eyes. But once you've grown up and now you understand family dynamics and the pressures that a woman feels in today's day and age, um, you know, the, the responsibility she's carrying outside of being your mom, you have the opportunity to kind of pull that into the way that you see her. That's really, really good. So kind of tempering those thoughts and expectations even that you have of your mom based on your now grown up worldview. Yeah. And the moment any woman becomes a mother, all of a sudden it changes. Absolutely. You realize all the things your mom did that you didn't even know she did. Mm-hmm. All of the nights she didn't sleep because you didn't pull in the driveway on time. All the, There's just a whole load of things that think, that changes when you become a mother. And in fact, I love, I don't even know who to attribute this to, but this is a great quote. By the time a woman realizes her mother was right, she has a daughter who thinks she is wrong. Oh my goodness, that is funny. Yep, it is. That funny. is true. But it's yeah, true. recognizing that the the way you feel now as a mom and, and applying that to your own 
to your own mother. Um, I, I, I see how in our notes here, you suggested finding ways to build a bridge. And I think that that is key. And the truth is, is there's not going to be two bridges that look alike because I am a unique individual woman with my own characteristics, my own life experiences, my own personality. And my mom has her very own set of personality, life experiences, and expectations. And so the bridge between she and I is going to look very different than the bridge between you and your mother. And so we got to figure out ways to connect with our specific mom, but then be intentional about looking for ways to connect. Yeah. So don't expect, you may be the one that has to lay the foundation for the bridge and put in the flooring and she may only be capable of delivering the rails, or it may be the other way around. You may be the mother that has to build that bridge to your daughter Mm. and you have to do the lion's share of the work. It's absolutely worth it to do that. Yeah, it's fine. It's finding ways that you can connect and then building slowly, but surely on those things. That's good. Then temper expectations with grown-up knowledge. So whatever you were expecting from your mother or your daughter... Mm-hmm. I think watching your daughter as a grown-up, too, I think this is for mothers who have grown-up daughters, um, you know, you don't need to expect things of them that are unrealistic. You don't need to think that they need to call you all the time because they're raising their family and they're working and they've got a husband or they're, they don't and they're trying to make it in the dating world or, you know, it's okay. They have a life. So you reach out some. Mm-hmm. Well, and that I'm just going to make a note here. It means socially, we are so connected today, like with our phones and social media and whatever. Um, the way that you connected with your daughters when you were raising them is very different than the way they are now expected to connect with you because of the ease of being able to. So if you become that mom, speaking to maybe ladies more your age, if you expect your daughter to call you every day or to, you know, text you 15 pictures a day because she has that ability, that that's not really fair or right. And so there needs to be some balance in between. And you as the mom, you want to be setting the tone for her to make healthy boundaries. You do. And you need to be happy, like I did today, of getting a picture of a gorilla in a zoo <laughs> that my daughter is on her, she's a teacher, on her school field trip. And that's what I got for her today is a picture <laughs> of a gorilla at a zoo. How great was that? And it was. It was great. That's funny. All right, Dar, I want you to wrap up this section on mothers and daughters. Give us your sagest advice on preserving and building into a healthy mother and daughter relationship. I can tell you this, Julie, there's probably no relationship other than my husband and my faith. Okay. Well, now you're listing lots of other ones. I know, but let's just say the next one in the list (laughs) is my relationship with my daughters. Um, I treasure it. And again, it's not always been perfect. And I've also said to them, I know there are times you were really irritated at me and times (laughs) I was really irritated at you, but there is nothing stronger than a bond between a mother and a daughter. And it's worth the, it is so worth the effort. It is so worth the investment because it's, you only have one mother. You only have one mother and uh, there's no one else in your life, in my life, your life, my daughter's lives or other girls' lives. There's none other that does the same thing. So you got to make the most of it. All right. Well, I think that about covers it for that most dramatic relationship, you and your mama, but let's keep it real ladies. There's potential that you've got some drama with some other mamas in your life. So let's run through a couple other relationships that you may or may not have that produce some strife or some joy in your life, starting with a stepmom. Oh yeah. I I mean, I, I've never been in that place where one of my 
uh, one of my parents who's a stepmom, um, but I have friends who have. And there's kind of two different ways that it comes happens. One is sometimes when you're younger, maybe your parents divorced or uh, your father was widowed and then remarried and you were a child and all of a sudden another mother figure was introduced to your life. Sometimes it went well, sometimes it did not. I know when I first think of stepmom, I immediately have a negative connotation. And that's only because of, I don't know, Disney movies, TV, those kinds of things. But I think there's some, some positives to, like you said, maybe, maybe your mom passed away and your dad was left um, as a widower and he remarries. And that, that can be difficult for you, depending on when this stepmom entered your life and your relationship with her is going to look different based on how she came into your life and really what time of your life she came in. Yeah. And then there's, oh, Julie, you probably, you haven't seen it, but there was a movie in the, I'd say 1999-ish kind of thing called uh, Stepmom. <laughs> I guess that works. But it was really good. And so it was kind of the story of a divorced couple and a younger woman entering the picture. And if you want to watch it, get it on, watch it on Netflix or something. Now that I have the option. Yeah, it will make you cry. But it's kind of an introduction of what a stepmom in that scenario could end up looking like. So whether you end up um, with a stepmom due to divorce or death, whether she comes into your life as a child or maybe as an adult, what are some, what are some things that we want to keep in mind in order to have a healthy relationship with a stepmom? I think, well, especially let's start with the adult one, because that's the first thing that's in my head is that that person could actually be someone in your life that you can bounce things off of. You can build a relationship. Like a friend? Yeah, like a friend or a a mentor or someone that you can can have a grown-up relationship with. I think as a child, you have the opportunity of having someone who will not ever replace your mother but can maybe provide some of the things that you need and fill a role that will be different, but also necessary and something that can be long-term and positive. I see you wrote here in the notes, which I thought was really wise, which usually what you write in the notes is really wise. So shout out to Dar for (laughs) writing the notes. Um, But you said when you're navigating that relationship, maybe with a new stepmom, so maybe again toward that maybe adult, uh, you know, area of your life, maybe your, your dad is remarrying and you're an adult. You mentioned that a healthy relationship with this stepmom starts with a discussion with your father. Unpack that a little bit, because that's a really different way of thinking. Yeah, it is, because you already have a relationship with your father, obviously. Mm -hmm. If you're a child, I think, or younger, teenage, let's say that, you you start that conversation with how it will affect you, or at least an honest conversation. But I think most of the time, it's the adult place that you're looking at your father, whom you love dearly, and there's a woman in your father's life. So I think a discussion away from this person about how does that affect him? How does Mm -hmm. that affect you? Um, What is he looking for in this relationship? How can you support a healthy relationship? Maybe he's been alone for a while, and the best thing in the world that he can have is a companion. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get a little bonus if it all works out well. If you have (laughs) kids, you have another grandparent. You know, Mm -hmm. that's there's nothing better than that. But I think an honest discussion with your father about both his relationship with this new woman and your relationship and what it can evolve to is really important. 
Yeah, definitely keeping, keeping the lines of communication open and then just kind of the potential, allowing there to be potential for this new relationship to grow into something that doesn't necessarily fit into a box or meet all of the stereotypes, but instead could be something wonderful for both you and her and your dad and potentially kids involved. So yeah, stepmom. All right, here's the last one that we cannot have a mama drama podcast episode without covering. And I feel like all of the ladies are wondering what it is or they're already screaming. My mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. I mean, it's kind of like a little bit of a landmine or it's amazing. Yeah, it could be. statistically speaking, it's probably one of your more difficult mother relationships. Yeah, I think, Julie, you looked up some stats on that, the relationships between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Yeah, I'm looking at an older-ish article from The Guardian, so stats probably could be updated. But um, in a study they did, um, they said that 75% of couples report having problems with an in-law. But the interesting part is that only 15% of that was the mother or the son reporting issues um, with his mother. Mother-in-law. Wow. So it's we ladies who are having the issues with our mother-in-law. And and later in the study, it talks about the fact that those issues usually stem from expectation from either one, one or the other, um, that there's criticism or undermining happening in between the ladies. Oh, yeah. And, and let me start here. If you're the daughter-in-law and you're looking at this new lady that's in your life, She's not really a relative. All of a sudden, you're supposed to be related. She's really not. So you're building a brand new relationship. I think there's something you need to remember, Julie, is that that woman had a relationship with your husband way before you entered the picture. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of deep emotions that are already established there that sometimes can be detrimental, sometimes can be positive. Mm. Yeah, that's actually really smart. You mentioned that just as we were kind of talking through this relationship, you and I, and that was definitely a fresh perspective for me because I kind of usually come at the thought of my mother-in-law like, well, we're supposed to leave and cleave and it's, you know, me and my man now and there needs to be space and separation. But I'm also thinking about my sweet little three-year-old who is my entire world and hello, I need to be his entire world until he's what, like 40 or something? I don't know when I'll let him get married. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> totally kidding. Half kidding. Um, and one day he's going to come to me and say he wants to marry, maybe, and I'm going to be a little bit heartbroken. And so to remember that she had her baby boy, you know, and then I came into the picture and to just step back once in a while and remember that perspective, it does change things a little bit. It does. And it, it, giving that perspective to yourself also allows you to go, all right, So I like this man. I like him a lot Mm because I wouldn't have married him if I didn't. What is it about her that helped make him who he is? Mm, So in light of that, you know, I'm looking for things that I like about her. I'm looking for things that I can get along with and we can enjoy together. I'm looking for building because you're not related. You're building a relationship with this woman And it's important that it's a healthy one and not that it always can be because sometimes, you know, it won't be, but do your part to try to build that because there's a lot of good that had to have been there for you to be attracted to this man in the first place. That's really true. If you play your cards right, you might end up with an ally in your mother-in-law. Oh yeah. But I mean, because how many times have we needed our mother-in-law kind of on our side? Whether it was in a small disagreement or an issue you came across, there, there are times where you need that fellow woman on your side. And so, 
yes, there are some relational differences, personality differences, but if you're looking, like you said, for those mutual interests, things that you can appreciate about her, things that you see um, in her that you also see in your husband, those can be building blocks to your new relationship with her. Yeah. And, they, and don't always expect even a healthy or a good relationship to be a perfect relationship because you are two women. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I had a wonderful relationship with my mother-in-law, a precious, precious woman, respected her enormously, but, and she would take my daughters for length of time when we were traveling, and I came back one day to pick my eldest up, and she had taken my eldest daughter to her hairdresser to get a haircut. Oh, did she ask you before? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was not a good haircut. I mean, the bangs were half inch long on one side and an inch and a half on the other. And, you know, so... What do I do? Go up to the door and say, thank you very much for taking care of my daughter. And by the way, never take her to your hairdresser again, ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. And oh, that's no. it. Yeah, I said both. I said both. So even a healthy relationship has its problems. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, I mean, if we're being honest, we all have little things, issues, quirks that we might have with our mother-in-law. But if we're being real, she's probably got some equal number issues she has with you because we're all human and we all have things about us that can rub other people the wrong way. Um, but what are some things we could do maybe to build into our relationship with our mother-in-law to allow it to be healthy? Because we do want there to be a strong connection between our family unit and then the wider family unit. Um, but we also need to have some boundaries. What are some things we can do to make sure there's a healthy balance there? Well, and I think this is for mother-in-laws, stepmothers, or your biological mother. Um, I think you need to start by setting boundaries, Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, do they come to your house every day if you live in the same city, especially if you had a new baby? Oh, my goodness, baby? no. Oh, goodness, no. I'm right. saying that because that is my situation. Oh, my goodness, no. But <laughs> oh, goodness, no. maybe somebody wants yes. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, do they give you advice at every turn, or are they wise enough to wait till you ask for mm-hmm. it, you know? And you need to figure out how to say, these things are acceptable to me and these things aren't. And if you can... You want your husband to say that. You don't want to be the one to say it, especially if it's your mother-in-law. Um, it's better for him to tell his mom things than you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so opening up that line of communication, just having a mature conversation of this is what I would like to see and how our relationship can function in the best way possible. Um, I like you put here in the notes that we got to really think before we have responses in communication. So really thinking clearly and um walking through in our minds before we say out loud what we might be thinking in response to something she may say. Oh, Because yes. sometimes they can be critical. Yeah. Mothers, mother-in-laws, to all of them, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess I'm the other side of that too. So I can be the same thing. I can be critical or I can say things I shouldn't. So the best thing to do is kind of script it. Have a response that you've worked out before you ever hit the scenario. Have a few phrases that you've rehearsed. I like you said that if she brings up um, right after your baby is born, how you're going to lose the baby weight. Who would do that? A mother-in-law. A mother-in-law. Or a mother. Either one. Or a stepmom. Yes. Yeah. So some phrases you might say, or you just shift the conversation real quick to that new movie you just saw. There's nothing like, oh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about something else. Anything. Yeah. You could do that right away. But what are some phrases you can just have in your back pocket to pull out when you basically need to send the message that you're not going to talk about that thing Uh, right now? If it's a negative thing toward you, you you can say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm -hmm. Or maybe 
if they have a way of telling you they want you to do something differently, say, well, that's an interesting approach. <laughs> yes. Non-definitive. <gasps> it's an interesting approach. Or when they're giving advice that's unsolicited, unsolicited and maybe something you don't intend to follow, you could say, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Just like that. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing. Well, tone that. is everything, ladies. Tone is everything. Tone is everything. Or you take advantage of the situation. Um, my mother, bless her heart, would enter <laughs> my house and say, "Oh, those windows are dirty," or "Oh, <laughs> the kitchen." And I would say, "Oh, you are so right, Mom. Here's the bucket. Here's the cleaner. Here's the squeegee. Have at it. Have at it." And she would. The great <laughs> part is amazing. she would, and I would get a clean house out of it rather than feeling offended. I got some help. It was well, kind of great. Well, there you go. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Goodness. <laughs> Just hand him the bucket. Thank you very much. All right. So a few things that you need to appreciate and actually say I'm getting some benefit from is things like free child care. Yes. Or Preach. maybe meals, big meals where they send leftover, leftovers home with you. Love that. Mm-hmm. Who's not going to love that? And honestly, they have lived a lot of life. So if you listen closely, you might get some great tips. So, you know, appreciate them. Appreciate those gems that you get in the midst of some of the rubble, but pull out the gems and go, thank you very much. So today we've unpacked the mama drama between you and your mom, maybe a stepmom, a mother-in-law. And we hope that you've pulled out some tips that you can apply for your grit and grace life. But here on the podcast, we love to end every episode with a quote that we can be thinking about for the rest of the day. And today's quote is, the best way to control mama drama is to write your own play. And that, my friends, is from your very own Darlene Brock. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.